podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. Uh, apologies that there was no podcast yesterday. Family business took precedent. And it's probably a good thing because it would have just been 15 minutes about me swearing about my dislike for Leicester and their fans, about how infuriating I find certain players, about how infuriating I find the media coverage of certain players. Now, Liverpool obviously lost to Leicester 1-0. Liverpool dominated the game, had the best opportunities. Salah missed a penalty. Mane missed a really good 1v1 opportunity after good work from Ox and Jota put him through. And then Leicester scored because Jordan Henderson just couldn't be arsed to do his job. The media narrative was that Sadio Mane is a problem. So the Athletic and their senior Liverpool correspondent had a, a hit piece immediately after the game about Sadio and how you know he is a problem. Standards have slipped, but this is the main issue, according to The Athletic. Uh, This reminds me of when Naby Keita had a poor game in Madrid against Atleti. He scored a worldie, but was at fault for their first goal. Not at fault for the second goal. He just got beaten in a dribble. Uh, Others more to blame for that goal. And a ready-to-publish Naby piece appeared on The Athletic by the same author, The same author has done this a number of times over the years, refusing to criticise certain players and putting out hit pieces on, you know, other players. Um, I questioned this on social media last night. I've had no response back yet from said journalist. I asked why it was that Naby had started the season really well, had one poor game and a piece was written, a hit piece was written on him. Um, the journalist at that point when he'd written that piece was questioned about it and said, well, this is the first time I've written about Cater this season. Right, so you're admitting you were waiting for him to have a bad game to publish this piece. That's what I took from that. You ignored his good performances and waited till he had a bad performance to run that piece. Uh, You ignored Sadio's good form earlier in the season, but now he's in a run of, I think it's nine games in all competitions without a goal, and you have a piece ready to go, but yet you've still written nothing about Jordan Henderson, who's having an absolute abomination of a season, hauled off in the last two games after being the worst player on the pitch, hauled off against Wolves after being the worst player on the pitch, was awful against Villa, was poor against Newcastle, and that doesn't factor in the West Ham, Atletico Madrid away, Milan at home, Porto away, Brentford, Brighton, Chelsea, or Manchester City games in which he was dreadful in all of them. No, you you haven't written one word about him. You want to focus instead on Sadio Mane. So let's focus on, on Sadio Mane. Is Sadio Mane still a world-class player? No. No, I don't believe he is. I, I think Sadio Mane... In the 1920 season, when Liverpool won the Premier League title, was the best footballer in the country, along with Kevin De Bruyne, and should have won Footballer of the Year. He was the best player on the team who won the title. 
and he was robbed of his Footballer of the Year award due to the most ridiculously biased media campaign I've ever seen. A PR debacle is what we witnessed as the award was given to somebody else, the, the fifth or sixth or seventh best player on the team that won the title. Sadio got rightly screwed on that one, righteously screwed on that one. He had a bad season last year. This season, he's playing pretty well. And he's got seven goals already this season in the Premier League. Yes, he's in a bit of a dry patch right now. Sadio has always had dry patches in his career. There's a couple of seasons where he hasn't, but for the most part, go and look at Sadio's career. He's always had these kind of spells. Now, he's no longer a world-class player in that his all-round game is not what it was 2016-2020. It's just not at that level anymore. But that's fine. He doesn't need to be at that level anymore because Salah's at a new level. Jota is now adding something new to the team. Thiago adds something new. We don't need Sadio to be the match winner he was so frequently for us, especially in the 18, 19 and 19, 20 seasons. When, by the way, it should be pointed out, he, he outperformed Mo Salah in those two seasons. He was Liverpool's best attacker, not Salah. Salah was better last year. Salah was better in 17-18. Salah is better this year. That gives Salah a 3-2 advantage in the five years they've played together. But this idea that it's somehow been a whitewash, that it's just Mo has been better for the five years, just not true. And this idea that Sadio is not still a, a net positive player for us is not true. Has he declined? Yes, he's declined. There's no question. Is he still world-class? No. Is he still a good player? Yes, absolutely. He has some very good games. He has some poor games. But most of his games, he's just a good player. Is he the biggest problem at Liverpool? Not even close. Nowhere even in the conversation for the biggest problem at Liverpool. Sadio Mane remains a net positive player. And here's the thing. Here's the kicker. If Sadio scores that 1v1, with Kasper Schmeichel and Liverpool go on to win the game, Sadio likely gets an 8 or 9 out of 10 from the same idiots who've given him a 5 or a 6. His performance won't have improved. This is the thing. Him putting that ball under the crossbar doesn't mean he's played any better for the entirety of the game than him putting the ball over the crossbar. But the perception of the performance is what changes. Not how he actually played, but how people who react purely to outcome view it. It's the same thing as the Tyler Morton tackle on Pereira is being viewed as a worse tackle than the Kane tackle on Robertson on the basis that Pereira ends up with a fractured uh, a fractured bone in his leg. The cane tackle is much, much worse. It's far more dangerous. It's far more reckless. There's far more impact in it as well. But the outcome of the Morton tackle 
is worse. So people assume or think that's the worst tackle. We've seen many times over the years, not just for us, but in other games that you'll watch, a player absolutely stink the place out, score a goal, or score a goal early and then stink the place out for the rest of the game and be given the man of the match. Not because they've played well, but because the perception is, well, they scored, so they must have played well. We've seen Liverpool play in games and win games despite playing badly. And people's assumption is, well, they played well. We've seen Liverpool play really well and lose games or draw games. And the perception is, oh, Liverpool were awful. Now, we were fairly poor against Leicester, there's no doubt about that. But the perception will be loss equals poor performance, regardless of context. Win equals good performance, regardless of context. The perception is Sadio Mane is a negative impact player, and it's just not true. Oh, he's missed a lot of big chances this year. You know who's missed even more big chances this year? Mo Salah. You know who missed a bigger chance in that game? Mo Salah. You know who hasn't played well in the last four or five games since Wolves? So however many games he's played since then? Mo Salah. But none of us are going to sit here and criticise Salah because he's clearly the best player in the league right now. Likely the best player in the world right now. But because Sadio had the bad season last year, People want to jump on board with criticising. As I've said, he has declined. He's no longer the world-class player he was 18 months ago. But we don't necessarily need him to be that. If he scores the 1v1, no one's talking about him after this game. And that's what really gets me about this article on The Athletic. Now, The Athletic are a fairly reprehensible bunch anyway. There's um. Obviously, they've been doing their end of year sale, and they had some, you know, five or nine ninety nine at the Athletics coverage for nine ninety nine for the full year, advertised. If you went and tried to use it, the code wouldn't work, and it just took fifty nine ninety nine from your bank. And now they won't refund. They'll cancel cancel your subscription beginning in December two thousand twenty two. So you'll have to have the year's worth and they won't give you a refund. This is the type of organization that we're dealing with, an organization who, according to their founder, the purpose was to kill local media, to bleed them dry, to put them out of business. This is what these journalists signed up to work for. Um, But this journalist in particular didn't have the testicular fortitude to respond when I questioned him on it, not a word has he said back. Hundreds of people have liked the two tweets. Dozens and dozens have retweeted them. Lots have commented and asked him for his response, and he said nothing. We'll move around the main Liverpool websites before we get out of here today. Uh, the This Is Anfield site has who is Jaquil Marshall Rutty, 
the next Alfonso Davies on trial at Liverpool. So word from Canada is that he is leaning heavily towards signing for Liverpool. He has his pick of clubs. All the top clubs are after this kid. He's viewed as the biggest talent to come from Canada since Alfonso Davies. He's a right-sided winger, I believe. Don't know a whole bunch about him. Other than that, he has been massively, massively hyped in the TFC Academy for a number of years. It must be four or five years at this point. And it looks like he may well be leaning towards a move to the Reds. Uh, how Man City's near per- perfection has skewed Premier League title perceptions. This is a good read, and there's a fair conversation going on around this city have, without question, raised the level in the Premier League. You know, Ferguson won titles with point to tallies in the mid-80s on a regular basis. Uh, now, if you get a point tally in the mid-80s, in all likelihood, you're 10 points off City. Liverpool's careless downfall and the need for substance at Chelsea uh, is the next piece there. There are uh, there's some, a piece there on Dennis Zakaria, who's confirmed he will leave Borussia Mönchengladbach in the summer on a free transfer. Now, Gladbach can still try and sell him. Uh, Thomas Tuchel has spoken out about how Chelsea are completely exhausted. They suffered some more injuries yesterday, which could be good news to uh, for, for Liverpool ahead of the weekend game. Reds to monitor midfielder at the AFCON. Naby Keita's uh, teammate, Agabu Kamara, is someone who has been linked with Liverpool recently. He's at Olympiacos, just moved there in the summer from Lille. Apparently the Reds will keep an eye on him. Uh, they love to monitor though. Nobody loves to monitor more than Liverpool Football Club. Uh, Naby Keita has been... This is brilliant. So, as you may remember, Naby was in... Uh, Guinea a few months back and there was a military coup and uh, Colonel Mamadi Dumbea is the interim president of the country the, he's the military leader who has put himself in a position of, of power he <coughs> he has said bring back the trophy or you reimburse the money that's been invested in you is what he said to the team at their sending off ceremony now Nabi wasn't at that but Naby is the captain of the team. Naby's most likely the highest earner in the squad by quite a distance. And uh, that is just absolutely mental. Um, there's some talented players in that Guinea squad, without question. But they have about as much chance of winning the AFCON as Brighton have at winning the Premier League. That's about where that stands. Like, if you go through that that Guinea squad. There, there is talent there. Don't get me wrong. There is talent. You know, the goalkeepers, I don't think are, are all that good. Uh, but there's a lot of talent in midfield. Nabi, Maddie Camera, who's also at Olympiacos, Amadou Diawara, who's at Roma. Um, Iliax Moreba, who's at RB Leipzig, super talented player. There's, there's a lot of talent. Most of it is in the midfield area. But um, there's really not a whole lot else. And they have no hope of winning the AFCON. So I I, I think Mr. Dumboya or Colonel Dumboya might have to to wind his neck in just a little bit. 
Uh, Liverpool.com lead with Liverpool must push for audacious Bakayo Saka transfer and Diogo Jota and Sadio Mane prove it. Uh, so this is written by Emmett Gates. Bakayo Saka is on top form and is said to be interested in a Liverpool move. I, I just don't see any slight possibility. I don't see any slight possibility that he will want to leave Arsenal. He's a sensational player. And there's no doubt we would all love to have him at Liverpool. But there's just no way that they're going to sell him. No way at all. Bizarre. Uh, Unorthodox Premier League hat-trick should intrigue Liverpool, but a transfer is complicated. So this is Jared Bowen. Um, Yeah, he had a good game against Watford. He had a good game against Watford. So we should apparently buy him because he played well against Watford. Now, I do notice that whenever he has a good game on TV, this always crops up. Oh, Liverpool should buy Jared Bowen. Liverpool should buy Jared Bowen. Um, Are we going to ignore the fact that the guy has 12 goals in 70 Premier League games? Or 14 goals in 80 games in all competitions? Are we going to ignore this? He's a 1-5 in goal scorer. And that's been generous. He's actually nearly a 1-6 in goal scorer. It just doesn't make sense. And I know people will say, oh, you probably said the same about Jota. No, I didn't. No, not even slightly. I was absolutely fully on board with Jota. Jota in the Premier League had 16 goals in 67 games, which is a substantially better record than uh, Mr. Bowen. It's one in four. Um, In the two seasons previous to us buying him, he had 26 goals in 85 games. So almost double the amount of goals in just five more games. And he'd done it in Europe as well. And Bowen, quite frankly, has not. He has not been all that impressive in the Europa League. I did have massive doubts about Sadio Mane. Absolutely. But Sadio had 21 in 67 in the Premier League. And 25 in 75 in all competitions for Southampton. So again... Almost double the amount of goals, but in Sadio's case, less games. Five less games. Nine more Premier League goals in three less games. So Sadio was about one in three, and he was one in three overall. Jota, with the return he had uh, in in all competitions, 26 in 85, It's about one every, what, three and a half games? Bowen is pushing one every six games. They're not the same thing. At all. At all. So, you'll excuse me if I don't buy into the fluff and the bluster. Uh, Liverpool transfer decision is increasingly urgent as FSG must make big January transfer call. 
There's a picture with Joe Gomez here. Joe Gomez's short-term Liverpool future is up for consideration after frustrating the first half of the season. Uh, this is nonsense. Joe Gomez is recovering from a torn patella tendon. Now, I get that most people don't know how serious that injury is. That is about the worst injury a professional footballer can have. And it was always going to take the better part of two years for Joe to fully recover. Joe's just over, what is he, 13, 14 months since his injury? It's going to be a long road for Joe Gomez. He's going to have soreness in that knee. He's going to have stiffness. He's not going to be at the same level for quite a while. It might be the end of the season before he really starts to look himself. And unfortunately for him, Virgil is taking one centre-back spot, and that's just how that is, because he's the best in the world. And in the other one, Joel Matip's having a good season. Ibrahima Kanate's had a really good start to his Liverpool career. And right now, he's third choice for that other spot. It's as simple as that. So I don't know that it's a bit all that frustrating. I don't know that Joe Gomez was really expecting much more. I think that's a media perception that he should be playing more. But these are people that don't understand the injury he had. Uh, we'll finish up on AnfieldIndex.com. There's a post-match raw from Leicester. It's just me shouting for a while. But we do have uh, two podcasts coming today. Mole be on the spot, uh, Trev and Jan. That'll be out today. And under pressure, the lads are back to um, dig into the last couple of games. Best of luck to you, lads. Uh, I don't, I don't envy you at all. Uh, there will be a rival recon and a scouted this week, but they'll most likely be with you tomorrow. But yeah, that's me for today, folks. Um, <laughs> I will see you tomorrow. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.